This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. And before we get started with our topic, I want to introduce our hosts. So Beth, will you start us off? Absolutely. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. And I was an executive director of five children's summer camps for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And I'm now a consultant with my husband, Travis. And my big passion is intentional leadership training and building solid and supportive community and self-esteem. Awesome. Thanks. And Gab? Um, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. And Camp Waro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentian Mountains. And we focus on creating a positive girl community while speaking both in French and English. Right on. And my name is Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director for an organization called Muddy Sneakers. We take public school fifth graders out into the woods to teach them their science curriculum so that they see science in real life applications uh, in the all over the state of North Carolina, actually. So we are so excited to be back again podcasting, and we've had some world travelers that are home <laughs> again. Um, but today's topic is balancing or the balance of theory and practice during training. Beth, you want to talk a little bit about why we chose this topic? Yes, of course. Uh, We thought a lot about this and we chose this topic because we think it can be a real struggle for a lot of directors and senior staff who are in charge of training. Where's the balance? We have to make sure that they know certain things. Often there are regulations that are set out by your organization or your camp association that all staff have to be uh, made aware of. There's information of all kinds that staff need to know about safety or rules or program areas and so on. But they also need time to practice these skills and to put into action the theory that they learn. So how do you balance your time? Love it. Thanks. So we're going to dive right in, and our question for today is, what tips do you have to share about balancing training staff on theory and giving staff opportunities to practice? And Gab, we'll start with you. I love this topic because, um, though maybe a lot of people think that I'm much more of an experiential learner, which I am, I love theory. Um, I love how it it not only... Um, it doesn't give you necessarily the how. It doesn't give you the the how tos. It it allows you to use your best judgment um, when you're when you're doing something. And so theory for me is 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 extremely exciting because it, I think it provides a space for staff members to um, to stop and say, okay, you know, what does this mean? But we do know that theory, if they if there isn't any practice and reflection, that learning is is extremely low. So a lot of people, what they've heard uh, me say is that. Um, uh, none of none of anybody that's leading a, uh, a session doesn't speak more than 15 minutes, um, and that that is just based off of pure fact of people having a hard time retaining information past the 15 minute mark. But what I see happens is it really allows whoever's teaching 
to lessen the BS, if I if I may say so. Um, <laughs> you may. And, thank you. In a in a session, and it, it brings it down to uh, what we're going to learn, uh, why we're learning it, and what looks successful, and then um, allowing that information to sink in, and then through discussions or uh, role playing or journaling. Uh, starting to create that experiential aspect. Sweet. Beth. Um, before I start today, I just want to take a second and say hello to some very special listeners that Gab and I met while we were recently at the International <laughs> Camp Congress in Sochi, Russia. We met so many amazing people, and we are so excited to report that Camp Code actually has listeners from Vietnam, from Australia, Moscow, um, Mexico. Panama, Peru, and even from as far away as Siberia. We met very lovely, lovely people from Siberia. Um, so hello to all of you and to any of the countries I've missed. I'm sure I've missed some. But it was really wonderful and fun to do sessions with you and getting to meet you in person. And thank you for all the great work that you do to create difference makers literally all over the world. One of my favorite moments was when someone came up to me and she said, I couldn't believe it the first time I heard Gab laugh because I thought, I hear that every time I listen to Camp Code and there she is laughing in person. And I thought, yep, that's a pretty great experience. So <laughs> hello to all of you. Um, okay, to today's right. topic. Thanks, Beth. Thanks for that. That's a, that's a, uh, um, it did feel a little bit bizarre to, to jump in after you and I had a really awesome experience in Russia because it is phenomenal to see people around the world. I think there were 1,200 delegates from 36 different countries. Yep. Um, yep. And we brought uh, Ruby with us at every session and uh, every meal <laughs> we went to <laughs> in our yeah. hearts. <laughs> that's right. And we had pictures of her too. So, yes, that's um, true. Actually, embarrassing pictures. <laughs> good. Perfect. That's what I the want awkward ones. across the world. <laughs> okay. Today's topic. All right. Um, so I've been in attendance at several summer camps where they have asked staff members to sit down, open their staff manuals, and have begun to read aloud while I sat there in stunned silence. And I just want us to sort of all together agree that that is never acceptable. Never. Ever. Not even in really small parts of training. Please don't do this. As camp people we do our very best to ensure that our kids, our campers, they have that exciting, growing, learning, well-balanced time. And so we have to make sure that we take that necessary time to plan and execute our leadership training in the exact same way. It's not only another way that we lead by example, but it says to our staff that they are important to us, that they have our full attention during training, that, um, that they are our priority and that they mean enough to us to make it creative, exciting, meaningful, significant, and that these are skills that we're trying to help them learn to be more successful with their campers and for the rest of their lives in whatever jobs or relationships or situations they find themselves in. So in order to get the balance right for me, there's certain things that we have to take into account. And if you have listened to all four plus of our seasons, you have heard us all say this before. I've said it, Gab has said it, Ruby has said it. What do you want training to look like, sound like, feel like, smell like, taste like on the last day of training? Really think about this in all of its glorious detail. Write it out, visually draw it out, talk about it with your leadership training planning team. If you don't have one, create one. 
um, and then reverse engineer it. You never have to work um, alone. So get people on this team if you are trying to do this by yourself and then work backwards to see all those steps that you need to put in to be sure that you can create that kind of training that's exactly for what you want your staff to feel and be and be able to do at the end. So, you know, if you want your staff to feel like they accomplished something, you need to insert those intentional opportunities to measure goals. If you want them to be close-knit family, which, of course, we all do, you got to build in time to um, build, uh, c- connect all day, uh, sorry, every day all summer. And if you want your people to have to put campers first, you want to teach them about servanthood or create lessons that focus on putting others' needs before their own, all that kind of stuff. So use that kind of reverse engineering thinking even in little pieces of training, like announcements, evening programs, meals, songs, skits, whatever it is, what do you want it to look like, sound like, feel like at the end? And when you do that, you realize that you don't just want to give them theory or you don't just want to give them practice. So once you have your plan set out, for me, there are some questions that I used to ask myself. Do I have enough time to do all of these things that I've just said I want to accomplish? And the biggest problem when we're talking to camps who have real struggles with their staff is that they just don't set aside enough time for leadership training. So for me, you need at least one week. Two would be preferable, but you need at least one to kind of figure out how to get all that stuff in there. So if you don't have that kind of time built in already, is there a way that you can create it? Is it worth losing a week of income of summer camp so that you have staff for a week and just staff? To avoid all those camper staff parent issues that you've been seeing and experiencing for the last couple of years. And then adding more campers to those other weeks because you're getting uh, so successful at what you're doing and you've created such an amazing experience for everybody. Um, can If you can't get everybody together for a week, can you do it in two or three weekends instead of just one? Not my preference, but it's better than only having a couple of days. Uh, Can you go to your organization and fundraise to pay your staff for that extra week if that's a problem? Explaining the importance of real leadership training if money's the issue. So how can you make it um, so that you have enough time? Um, It's so important for me for community building and creating that trust and cooperation. You need to have that time to do that because we all know that with those things, you can get through any of the difficulties that the summer throws at you. And without them, your team is more likely to fall apart with the first thing that goes wrong. So ask yourself if you've spent enough time in training. Um, Does training end with the last day of leadership training? And if so, you need to think about that about that and then listen to one of our earlier podcasts where we talk about training all summer long. Um, did you build in enough downtime? Young adults really need time to absorb what they learned. We all do. And downtime can also be that community building, which should be central to the mission of your leadership training anyway. And I remember like my first five years, maybe even 10 years of directing, I crammed in so much into every single day that staff and I were absolutely exhausted and brain dead by the time camp started. But I thought I had to get all of those things in there. So um, did you build in enough downtime? And as Gab said, are you constantly moving and changing things up? So I would never have them in the same position for more than and 15 minutes, apparently seems to be the, the uh, agreed upon time, but 15 minutes at a time. So if you've got a session that's 16 minutes long, 60 minutes long, you want to then change up your activities, their physical positions, who they're talking to um, every 15 minutes at the most. So small group work, personal reflection, large group discussion, physical activity, adding in a game or a song, preferably with actions, Um, you know, taking the FIFO break, the fluids in, fluid out break, 
or um, changing partners or literally changing your point of view in the room. So I've done a session in a room where I start at the beginning and when they finish their small group work, I'm standing over there in this corner of the room and they all have to turn to face me. And then the next time I'm standing over there, like just really changing all that kind of stuff stuff up and adding visual cues, all of those things, making it into a little more like little sound bites than just for the next three hours, we're going to discuss how to recognize child abuse. That's kind of where it starts. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and to tie two of the ideas that are two ideas that you guys have talked about, um, I'm such a big believer in kind of defining what your objectives are for staff training, because that's always going to, that's going to help you decide, do we do this or do we do this? How do we prioritize? Because we can't, you cannot fit it all in. It doesn't matter how long your training is. Training continues on through your first week of camp and probably through your entire first summer. And, and always, really. I mean, let's be real, always learning, hopefully. Um, so one of my objectives was um, that my staff would be good decision makers. And that kind of goes back to what Gab said, that I think if you can talk about some of the whys, and we, we talk a lot about that on the podcast, but why we make decisions the way that we do, and you know, this is how we greet people into our community, um, then it gives people more, it gives your staff more of a background and, and more of a, a framework to follow um, when, you're, when you're trying to figure out, what should I do in this situation? And so I think giving them practice during staff training that gives them the theory, but also sets them up in situations where they have to practice making decisions. Uh, so that you can then step back and go, okay, how do we do on that? And that can be scenarios and it can be, it's very clear that that's what they're doing. And it can be that they don't realize that's what they're doing. And then you take a step back and go, okay, how's it going? Oh yeah, I set all of this up. Let's talk about how you're doing so far. Um, I thought about some of the sessions that were the more theoretical sessions that I've really appreciated over the time that I've been through lots of different staff trainings. Um, I think a couple that have really spoken to me, brain science, when presented well, can be so fantastic. Um, and I, what's resonated with me a lot recently is the idea about how our brains evolved during a really different time, and the priorities were different, and the challenges were different, and the threats were different. And so that helps you understand why when a child feels threatened, they may act a certain way that makes no sense otherwise contextually. And so it helps you, you know, put some framework and, and understanding behind that. Um, so brain science, but not necessarily by somebody who studies brains. <laughs> it needs to be somebody who can <laughs> translate that information into everyday speak and, and make it really clear how it applies. Um, hard to do a lot of hands on with that. Um, also like medical conditions, again, one of my favorite staff trainings we have done was my first summer at camp. Um, they, for some reason, I don't even think we had a high population of kids who had epilepsy, but we had somebody from the, the epilepsy society come and just talk about the disease and, and talk about what, what that means and what that experience is like and um, what is going on in their brain. And it was so helpful because something that would have been really scary as a staff member to see somebody having a seizure and you're like, oh, what do I do? Because I had that training, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what's going on. This is how they're likely feeling. And this is how we're gonna respond and, and it's fine. So even though we didn't do a whole lot of practice in that, just understanding more about that medical condition was really huge. So I think those can be a couple of places that are, um, again, it takes the right presenter, but can be some places to start when you're looking at your training of, of what things might make more sense 
when we're talking theory. What what are you thinking about now, Gab? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. Um, I think one of the questions um, when we're looking at reverse engineering is um, how, how much how much can I show somebody versus tell somebody something? And I think for the most part, what we want is we want people to go through the experience and then we can discuss it. So don't tell me, show me. And, um, and, and sometimes the reasons why we, we tend to tell is because, um, our, we're pressed for time and we, it, we haven't had an opportunity to just think it through that one more step. And so, uh, as instructors, what often happens is, that we know what we want to say and then we can and then we convey that information verbally and if you if you just stop for a second and say is there a way to show this uh, can they experience it can they talk about it um, can they reflect on it before it, it actually just comes from me to them and the other piece is just to understand that just because we tell something to somebody doesn't mean that internally they understand it and anything that we talk about we have to pair it with uh, an experience that connects to the person. And one of the ways that I like to try as much as possible to help connect to the person is connect it to their life outside of camp, right? We don't call it the real world. We call it uh, the uh, outside world or, or you know, uh, outside of camp. But uh, how does this apply um, in school? How does this apply in a future job? How does this apply, uh, you know, at awkward Thanksgiving dinners with my family using I <laughs> statements? Um, so... So connecting it back to them, it's not not because it shows necessarily that what we learn at camp is going to have a greater impact than we know it does. It actually puts them in a position of something that they already know, that they might have struggled with before or that they were successful with. But either way, they're connecting to that experience and that just it's like a muscle you're building and building. So looking looking at those pieces and if I go back to what uh, Ruby was talking about in decision making I feel that decision making and problem solving isn't something that you can teach somebody to do. It's it's you have to give them the opportunity to do it. And a good way um, is by setting the goal first. So, for example, an an opportunity for somebody to make uh, decision making is we want we want the dining room to have um, to feel comfortable to new people that are coming into our dining room and that there's a lot of conversation. This is the goal, high conversation, high comfort. And you provide that to three of your staff members, returning staff members and say, what do you, what do we need to do from before people even enter the dining room until the last person leaves at during staff training, you give that as a, as a, um, as a situation to, to some returning staff members, maybe you throw in a new staff member in there as well. So it's four of them. And they can discuss that. And then in that sense, what we're doing is instead of telling them, you know, so to welcome kids, blah, 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 these four staff members have uh, went through it. And then they can present why they did what they did and what was difficult. And and, vers- uh, and then the group that actually experienced it can talk about um, what, what their experience was. But a lot of times camp directors want staff to problem solve on their own. But my challenge, my question is, what problem-solving opportunities have you provided them uh, during staff training? Um, I think the biggest piece is um, is the amount of information and the amount of time that you have. And it's much better to provide uh, less information 
um, than it is, um, you know, more information so that they understand it well. And we just have to go back to how do we know somebody understands it well? Well, it, it, it is in evaluation. So how can you evaluate if your staff members understand the information that they're getting um, and absorbing it, but it takes time. So it's, it's better to do less than more in these cases and prioritize uh, what you want for your, uh, for your campers, um, you know, when they, they arrive at camp. So smart. What about you, Beth? What are you thinking about now? I think the other thing to think about is there is a lot of information that we're trying to get out there. So how much can you give them ahead of time? How much theory can you send out uh, if your staff manual arrives, you know, in their inbox two months in advance? Um, we always tried to get it out there that far in advance so that staff had lots of time to go through things. Um, you can create modules that are homework projects that you want done before they get to camp. Um, and again, I would do like absolutely no more than 10, but, um, you know, maybe eight, one week, um, one a week for the eight weeks before. Um, this is, of course, if you've got everybody hired by that point, which I know some camps don't. Um, but things that are not super time consuming in terms of homework projects, but maybe videos that they can watch that are from, you know, your Children's Aid Society or um, whatever your organization happens to be called that works with kids who are in need that way. Maybe there's a, like a video on fire safety or how to drive the camp van or there are articles that they can read or um, questions that they can answer. So you've kind of got them thinking about this sort of theory before they get to camp. What I can't stress enough here is that if you ask them to read stuff in advance or, you know, to go through this stuff, please address it when they get to camp. <laughs> Don't just assume that, that you know, we had you do all this work, but we're not even going to talk about it now that you're at camp or, or get you to practice it. But it might be a way um, to disseminate some of that information before they get there. Um, a couple years, we used to do something uh, right after breakfast called Reading Rainbow. So I don't know if you guys remember that TV show with LeVar Burton, but there was this TV show on PBS where um, uh, we're talking about Reading Rainbow. So we would create that atmosphere with blankets and pillows and they could come and sit in a circle on the floor. And so for 15 minutes every day after breakfast, they sat together and read a specific uh, you know, piece of their manual, super short, or um, an article, or they talked about something really specific if reading wasn't their thing. But um, then we experienced it through the day. So we kind of use that as a beginning to talk about uh, a topic that we'd be going into. And it would uh, then, of course, a fun interactive session where they were doing much more than just reading things. Um, and you want to think about your learners, too. Do you set up ways that they don't have to physically sit there and read something if reading's not their thing, if they learn better another way? Um and then, of course, making time to practice at the end of every session. So making sure that sessions aren't so long that you run out of that practice time. It's not if we have time, we'll practice. you got to set that into your session time ahead of time so that they have a safe space to make mistakes when they're practicing, to ask questions, to get it wrong. Um, when, so that when parents and campers show up, they're more likely to get it right. And to get really creative about practicing those skills, so asking your leadership team or your senior returning staff to get really creative about skits or games or posters or quotes or pictures on bathroom stalls or short and captivating videos from alumni or experts, whatever you can do that reinforces that learning. And remember that you never have to come up with this all on your own. 
And just to be careful not to swing the pendulum the other way, I think would kind of be my final bit there is you can't just practice without having the why piece, without having that theory there. So why are you asking us to talk to parents this way? Why do I need to be patient with kids who are missing home? It, you know, if I'm a type of person who's never been homesick a single day in my life, I don't understand that. So why do I need to avoid sarcasm with seven-year-olds? You know, why is that important? So um, thinking about that, thinking about learning styles, um, some people are visual learners, some people are audio learners, some people do and have to touch things, you know, to really get the point. And then, of course, that sets the example how of how they will teach their campers too a balance of theory. This is why and here's how we practice the skill. Uh, often we'd have a theory of the day so that each day we started a day with this is why we teach campers, for example, to speak up for themselves and that I get from Camp Waro um, because it's something that's really important to them there. So and then your sessions throughout the day um, allow staff to experience speaking up for themselves. And then making sure that you build in that reflection time as well, that it's not just an afterthought, but that they have time to um, process by discussing it in small groups or journaling or drawing about it um, or talking about it as a whole group. And the last thing I think I would say is um, if you don't really know how to do all of this, you can brainstorm time with your staff, even if it's this year during leadership training in 2018. Uh, that sounds so far away, but um, and futuristic somehow. Um, <laughs> it's but it's, it's very soon. futuristic. <laughs> um, but um, ask them for ways to make training better for them. Don't be afraid to change things up during training if things aren't working or if they seem like they need more time in one area uh, or in one skill. So always put your people before program and assess the needs as you're going so that you can be flexible. So even if that means taking out some amazing evening program that you've been working on for months and you're really looking forward to, you just have to make sure that your staff and that you are confident in owning the skills that you assure your parents and campers that they will experience at camp. So if you don't want to wait till the summer to ask, you can start asking once you hire them um, for new ideas about how they can learn and balance theory and practice. And then ask for help from others. Ask other camp directors that you know to see their leadership training schedules. Compare. Steal stuff. Um, that's what we're doing. We're offering it up to be stolen. Um, and then you can revise your schedule that way. And my very last piece of advice would be to listen to four plus seasons of Camp Code and um, email us if you have any questions. So that's probably where I'd end it there. Love it. Um, so Beth, you said something that um, I, I learned something today that was so great and it's a little bit off topic, but I, I want to put it out there in the podcast verse because I think it's really smart. Uh, so one of my coworkers went to a yoga class yesterday where... Uh, while you're in the yoga class, you have a card that's next to, next to your mat and one side has a picture and one side has a word. And if it has the picture, that means you are okay with, um, the instructor coming and like putting their hands on you and correcting and like helping, you know, make the stretch deeper or whatever. Um, and if it had the word side that you are not okay with that. And I was like, that is such a brilliant way to have consent right there to teach that right then and there. And you could totally do that with your campers and adapt that to all kinds of different situations. Um, mm -hmm. So that idea about speaking up for yourself, I was like, oh, yes, I want to make sure I put that out there in the world because <laughs> it was so brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think the only other point Thanks. that I that I really want to make... Thanks for that, Ruby. I just wanted to say thank you. That's important <laughs> yeah. uh, to teach people consent. And it's, <sighs> it's, uh, it's uh, kids can never be too young and, and especially like giving kids hugs and stuff like that and asking them, uh, just teaching staff, there's the why. Why do we ask kids, uh, can I give you a hug? Because consent's consent 
understanding consent is important for girls and boys as they're growing up. Um, so th- that's a that's a very important piece to bring up. I really appreciate that you did. And understanding that it's okay for the, to teach them to say no. Yes, and we're and we're extre- right. very very happy. Yeah, very right. happy when somebody says no. We say that camp is say, great thank you so much for telling me. Uh, right what would you feel comfortable with? And sometimes right. like hugs the, the, the great safe place to do that. Yep. That's right. Learning those, those very important skills. Uh, continuing. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's, it's so important though. And uh, it's just, it's on the brain cause it's a, a conversation that's out there. And I think I heard that today and I was like, Oh, there's just so many ways you could take that. And, and um, so, yeah, but and not threatening for you as a person because yeah. you don't have to say a word. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You There's, just make you a choice. You have visual choices. And it yeah. can change. And anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I want to make the point simply of keep it simple. Um, I am certainly one of those people that likes to think about the theory and, and be more heady and discuss some of that stuff. Um, and I think as directors, I had the experience of, you know, every year I want training to be better and deeper and, and be more intentional. And I think you can, as Beth said, like you kind of go too far on that in some ways and forget that like, this is a new crop of staff. And while you as a director are accumulating knowledge and building on it, like y- you have still that 19 year old who has never heard that they're a mandatory reporter or <laughs> that, right. you know, the, of course there has to be a lifeguard on duty when there's swimming going on. So, um, just be mindful of not getting too heady. And this is something I really struggle with. And I think one of the ways that I encourage that in my staff trainings is often anytime that I'm kind of doing a training, I'll try to have a a piece of paper up somewhere that just basically says, if there's something that we missed, instead of like always, you know, raising your hand and be like asking the question or be like, what about this? That you can put it up there and we can come back to it. And it may be that I'm like, yeah, we're totally going to hit that later. That wasn't the point today, but we're going to get that. Uh, or it's it's like, oh, yeah, I haven't told everyone where the bell tower is. And that's a really central location. So we need to make sure we cover that. Um, so, again, having your staff help hold you accountable, I think, is really smart. Um, but just, yeah, that, I think that'd be my, my only other thought I really have on this is just, like, keep it simple and be willing to... Um, take a step back from the really heady stuff and, and look at the basics because I think you can do a whole training and then realize like, wow, we really missed some stuff because I was trying to go really deep and be really intentional and I never told them how to enter the dining hall. Right. And I think too, if you can get to the end of training and you have built a solid community where people are kind to each other, where they really have that sense of mission, we are here to you know create people who are going to change the world for the better. That's our mission. And they have empathy for one another and for the kids. And they just want to have an amazing summer and do a great job. You can teach them all the other stuff later. But you need to build that solid community. So if I could only focus on one thing, I'd focus on that. Um, and how to you know, talk to people and, and be there for them and be supportive. Because you can teach them skills at any time. But how to teach them you know, to be that group that's when it hits the fan, and it always does, doesn't matter what kind of camp you run, um, if you've got a team that knows they can rely on each other and support each other and everybody's got their back, you will come out of that much stronger than if everybody knows all the rules to, you know, X, Y, Z, or Z. So 
<laughs> for our international podcast. Because <laughs> we have those. We have those hands. Um, Gab, anything else that you wanted to say, to say on this topic? Um, yeah, I, I think um, I love Be Kind, by the way, Beth. That's awesome. Um, uh, energy. So when we, we talked about change previously, and uh, sometimes staff training is looked at as a serve intensive uh, boot camp. And what I think we've been saying as a, as a theme throughout is, is that, you know, keep it simple, uh, lessen information. And, um, and, and also we, we want a learning is, is the same as voice tone when you're, when you're speaking in a crowd, it's important to sometimes have high energy and then make your voice sort of quieter. And that doesn't have to be reserved always for the end of the day. Um, and so having sort of a reflection piece where you're lying down after a certain session uh, at, at high noon, if you will, uh, that that's that's just as impactful because you are changing you are changing things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is is that um, if you're feeling overwhelmed with information um, and and you don't know where to start, just pick one one session, uh, one topic, one session, and say, okay, this is where I'm going to look at how I can make a nice balance between my theoretical uh, and my experiential. Uh, and just start there. There, I've done this one. And you know you're you're better off than you were the year before. And then if you have space to do another one, then you have space to do another one. Um, camp is never about that five days or 10 days of staff training. It is a continuum. So your staff members that come in that are first-year staff members, they have their own past experiences they're bringing to the table. And then your staff members are there for their fourth year. We're building upon their past experiences. So everything that we're creating for staff training is a platform for next year when they return. And of course, is a platform throughout the summer. And so it's just to understand that one, obviously people are at different levels, but two, to feel confident that it's okay if the 17 year old doesn't get this yet, because when this individual is 19, they're going to really get it. And it's to understand that there's a different learning curve. But if you can involve your staff members especially your older ones in understanding that learning curve so that they can be empathetic towards the learning of younger or new staff members. I think that lessens a lot of anxiety and helps the overall understanding because it helps them understand their role. Um, but it is a balance. Just start small somewhere and then, um, and then start, you know, building outwardly and, and not worry because you're, you're already going to be better off than you are the year before, just based on your experience. Oh, so brilliant. So brilliant. Great point. So good. Anything else you wanted to add, Beth? No, I think I'm good for now. Thank you. Right. I'll save it. <laughs> if then, I think of anything. You know what it is time for then? It's time <laughs> for Gab's recap. Woo! International <laughs> recap time. International <laughs> recap time. All right. Um, wow, we have so many great stuff today. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I'm just going to do a round robin of what I see. I'm going to start with uh, reverse engineering. Start at the end. What does it look like, sound like, and then uh, move backwards. Change was a big a part of our topic. So the look, position, experiences, energy level. Let's keep um, keep uh, moving that around. Let's talk only for 15 minutes at a time. Give them a little bit of reflection time. Come back with your theoretical. Don't worry, it's not just 15 minutes at the beginning of the day. It's just 15 minutes per session. And then a <laughs> break and then back to 15 minutes. Uh, don't tell, show if that's possible. Be kind. That is a general great Uh, topic as our goal we're aiming to be kind how do we do kindness and when we link to that it's always about the why right so any theoretical let's look at the why let's give them practice practice involves journaling group discussion um role playing 
um, you know, problem solving and practice decision making. If they do that, make sure that you set them up with a goal first so that they know what they're aiming for. Uh, FIFO is a acronym that I just learned this uh, time <laughs> around, fluid in, fluid out. Um, make sure that you involve past staff members in your staff training. Keep it simple. And um, a nice life skill is how do you build consent into your staff training? I think that's a lovely topic that we probably will be having on a near <laughs> hopefully very near future podcast because <laughs> I think it's important and that's a recap for aujourd'hui right on thanks Gab no so problem. we want you to get involved with our podcast you can use the hashtag camp code on your social media platform of choice tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss any guests that you'd recommend we talk to any great leadership training tips that you want to share we'd love to hear from you we're all about sharing in this industry and if you have found this podcast useful we would love you a whole lot if you would leave us a rating <laughs> and review on itunes you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes, or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. And your feedback really helps keep the show going and also lets us know uh, how we can best serve you all and, and give you the content that you're looking for. Speaking of, we want to make sure you know how to get in touch with us if you have questions or want to follow up on anything you've heard in the podcast. So Beth, how can folks get in touch with you? Uh, I am all about Camp Hacker. So you can find us at camphacker.tv. You can reach me at beth at camphacker.tv or with the hashtag camphacker. Great. And Gab? Um, you can you can um, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail, Rails with two L's. Um, and you can also check out where I work at waro, O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. Brilliant. And I am also on Instagram, Ruby Outdoors, and can be emailed at rubylin 85 uh, at gmail.com. Beth, do you want to tell us about our next podcast? Mm -hmm. We talk about doing leadership training intentionally all the time you hear that word from us. So we're going to be specifically talking about how to use meals and mealtime intentionally during training. Brilliant. And okay. our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can be in touch with any one of us, uh, or you can use that hashtag camp code to tell us about them. And Gab has our best practice today. So my best practice today is really for, um, for you directors, um, and it's about how to take real time off. Uh, so a friend, so a friend of mine, so how do I put this? My family, uh, are workaholics. I don't, there's no gentle way of putting it. I didn't know that until I had outside of camp friends and then, um, that would go on vacation, which I just didn't understand. So, you know, we would go skiing, but my mom was a ski instructor at the time. So she'd be working if we went, you know, every, everything was work, always involved work. And so I, my first vacation I went on was with a friend and I did not know what to do at all like none of this like it didn't make sense I, I didn't know how to uh how to take a proper vacation anyways fast forward to now I know how to take a vacation I know how to relax but there's there's a sort of period of weekends where I would be thinking about work throughout the weekend 
And, um, and especially during downtimes when I'm not that busy during the weekend, I didn't know how to turn it off. So my friend Andrew, uh, taught me this, which is a practice that a lot of people do anyways, but I'd like to bring it to you, which is basically on Fridays, uh, or whenever the end of your week is you write out all the things that you want or need to get done for Monday, you write it all out and you see, is this possible? That's one. Can I actually do this? If you can't, then you need to make, make a different deadline for some of those uh, items. And then on Monday, this is the key point, you relook at those items and you reassess. And what I found was after the weekend, a lot of those, well, some of those items were just ridiculous and they didn't need to be done. <laughs> and they were just like stressors because of, of my weak pileup. Um, so I could just take those away. And then some that I thought I really need to work on a lot more, it would take me no time. Or there were some where I was like, oh, I should really be focusing on this. And so it's just a way of being able to say, I've already planned for, for me to, to make sure that uh, this is going to get done. Um, and and it, it's so that you have that intentional uh, time off, which is extremely important. And especially if you own and run your own business, it's very hard to separate your personal time and your work time. Um, and so, but it is extremely important. So just being able to make sure that you have make that uh, time off a real time off, um, not to worry um, and, and just sort of keep it somewhere. And that is my best practice of the week. So smart. Thanks so much. No worries. <laughs> and thanks to everyone for listening. And again, we hope you'll join us on the hashtag camp code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.